Yeah, I, I think it's vitally important that we are able to do those things. I tell a story in the presentation that I gave this morning, and like I said, I've done it four times, and it still brings tears to my eyes about a patient encounter that I had when I was relatively young as a as an emergency physician, um, knowing that the patient had a non-survivable injury um, and the conversations that I had with her two kids. So. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the High Impact Physician Podcast. So this is what happens when the podcast officially ended, but we kept recording. Um, I wanted to go ahead and include this bonus as an episode because I think it had some really interesting insights. Sandy and Dr. Bob Underwood really dig into some intimate topics about the impact that end-of-life conversations can have on people, as well as how to define fulfillment and a few other things. So I hope you enjoy the episode. I don't know what the future holds. Um... You know, but I just, I hope that there's a small part in it that, you know, there's some change that I make. And, you know, it's, I remember I was talking to somebody, uh, actually a guy named Edward Garrow, who's written a number of books. Um, and he's like, what are you trying to accomplish with the book? You know, you're trying to make a lot of money or what? And I said, no, I just see that there's a need for physician leadership development. A lot of doctors don't even know they, they need that development in order to be more effective. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, it's not selling the books, it's getting the book hopefully in front of the right people where it'll make a difference for their organization, for the people they serve. Mm -hmm. So I do have a funny story about a book. I don't know. Did I tell you that I had written my memoir? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And, um, and someone asked me the same thing. They said, what's your goal? And I said, I want to touch someone's life. Because as I look back, like you, I had no idea this is where I'd end up. And I am so committed to paying it forward to physicians because we have firsthand in our family experienced what happens when someone takes off their stethoscope and sits beside you and starts the end of life conversation, which an hour later turned into a surgery conversation. We were discharged and Zachary did a triathlon that weekend. But there's just something amazing when there's just... There's when people come together to be present, there's almost like this deep now that unleashes so much capacity. Anyway, when someone asked me about my book, I um, I said one of my biggest um, dreams is to quiet my inner critic because I'm scared to death the physicians I work with will read it and say, boy, she's a hot mess. <laughs> but the other thing is... Um, I, I can honestly say it's the most expensive business card I ever put together <laughs> because oh, yeah. it essentially serves as a way to just be vulnerable and tell a story <clears throat> that people can read in their own space about who I am and why I do what I do. And uh, yeah, the, the, uh, for me anyway, it was not at all about making money because that would be the last thing that I was working towards. Yeah. But, you know, that, that sense of vulnerability that we share when we tell those personal stories that that's part of what builds trust. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's part of how we connect with people. And so, um, yeah, I, I think it's vitally important that we are able to do those things. I tell a story in the presentation that I gave this morning. And like I said, I've done it four times and it still brings tears to my eyes about a patient encounter that I had when I was relatively young as a, as an emergency physician. Um, knowing that the patient had a non-survivable injury um, and the conversations that I had with her two kids. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, those moments can almost like a thumbprint imprint us for life. Yeah, yeah, they which do. Which is maybe why we do what we do. I um, it's interesting to me this whole notion of burnout. Um, the way I was trained as a coach is around fulfillment and balance and process. And the way they define fulfillment 25 years ago is being fully alive. So I can be with a patient or with a doctor in a really intimate or, you know, end of life situation. So it's not about being easy or happy. Fulfillment is about um, staying attuned, keeping the inner compass attuned with what, what is it that allows me to feel fully alive. So and there we have it. Alive. How do you how do you diagnose not diagnose? How do you define fully alive? Fulfillment the way I was trained is is really tied into what you were saying before around core values and how do right. I um almost like build a path where I'm really aligned with my core values because when people are aligned with those they they're almost invincible in terms of how much they can do and what they can do. And when people are off track or in environments, relationships that are just clashing or crushing their values, people report just feeling exhausted and tired. And it might not mean they need to change their job or change something, but there could be an opportunity to reframe either yes. their mindset or the way they're approaching the work, or maybe you know some of the way the work's being organized. But fulfillment has more to do with um, really being attuned to and aware of our values and how to design our life um, to at least be tethered to that and um, versus disconnected from that. Nice. It's so good. So much good stuff out yeah. there. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. It's, and that's, I don't know. And maybe it is perspective, you know, just I look at things and look at how much is out there and, you know, what are the opportunities that are, that are ahead and, um, you know, rather than look at it, at the negative stuff. And I don't know if that's part of the values or not. It's interesting that you say that, that the core values and being aligned with it, because the name of the book again is leadership compass. And essentially they come up with four main values, which are the points of the compass. Wow. That are part of what drives them and their team. So, wow. Well, I can't wait to read it. I'm really excited. And what a bonus that Mark wrote uh, the forward for you. That is just exciting. Very exciting. When he Because he sent me, I sent him a copy of it and he read it. He says, is there anything else I could do? I said, I waited a couple of weeks and I was like, man, if you would write a forward, I, that would be awesome. And so I, I just said, I sent him an email and I said, Mark, you asked if there's anything else you could do. Would you be willing to do this? And and he said, yes, except I call him sir a lot because he was a general and I wasn't. Yes. So. Yes. <laughs> so, There's so much you know. power in service, service, service. I, I know our, our blog we just wrote out was an ask and it was came from after 18 months of adding value through our blogs. Um, someone on our team said, yeah. it's okay to ask. And we had this big team meeting, like, when is it okay to, to make the ask? Because because um, it's really done in the spirit of service and want to continue to do the work we're doing. So I acknowledge you for reaching out to ask because look what the result was. Yeah, yeah, I am so humbled and honored that he said yes. You, you have no idea. Well, you do because you I know do. Him, you know. I do. Yeah. Yeah, I had just... to present after him. And I was like, look, I do not know a lot about you, but you have got to manage me up because my knees are shaking right now. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. He was it. amazing. 
Yeah, uh, he he is an amazing guy. So mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it's one of those things that he and I probably interacted. I think I told you this. He was a, a an instructor at the Department of Physical Education at West Point when I was a cadet. Wow. And I don't remember him, but you know, it's a small department. I'm sure I had interactions with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, would have never known our paths were going to cross again in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, other kudos to you. Um, when you and I were talking the last time, you talked about the VUCA, VUCA, or however you want to pronounce yeah. it. I have a slide. So I talk about organizational change. We've had a lot of changes at our organization lately. And um, so I talk about organizational change and how it affects all of the employees and it affects your teams. It affects you individually and it affects the organization as a whole. But then I throw up a slide about the UCA and that, you know, this is something we just have to get used to. And then I go through and define volatility, uncertainty, complexity, ambiguity, um, so that it puts it in perspective for our employees, which we don't call employees anymore. As of two weeks ago, we now call employees caregivers. Oh, awesome. But um, so I, I use that. So awesome. um, I was unfamiliar with the term the first time we talked. Yes. And I have taken that and read a number of articles about it since then. Um, and now I've incorporated it into some of the presentations I do. I am so glad. And I'm going to hop off in just a minute because I have a 12 o'clock call, but there's another part of VUCA that I recently saw come out where they have this solution. So like V stands for vision. And I can't remember off the top of my head, UCA, um, but you can look it up. And so it's almost like the counter about how we can respond to the VUCA from a more solutions. I like Um, it. Yeah, it's really, really good. It's excellent. Hey everyone, this is Taylor just jumping in again. Hope you enjoyed that part of their conversation. If you enjoyed the episode, it would mean the world to us if you left a honest review on your podcast app. And as always, feel free to shoot us an email with ideas for new guests or topics to cover. You can send us an email at support at sandyscottllc.com. Hope you have a great rest of your day.